Welcome to True Mental Health. I'm Crystal Crawford. And I'm Dr. Janine Kraft. We're here to have unique conversations about what really creates mental wellness. After years, decades of seeking, seeking what could create more ease in life and trying every modality possible. Crystal and I crossed paths and realized we had similar missions. A mission to have conversations about what creates ease, what creates well-being, and what renders us truly functional. If you know something else is possible, maybe completely different than you've ever been taught, join us on a journey to uncover what creates true mental health. Well, now we're live on Facebook too. Hi, everybody on Instagram. Hi, everybody on Facebook. Welcome to True Mental Health. I'm Crystal Crawford. This is Dr. Janine Kraft, and we are talking today. We about are stuff and things. Very things. Very serious matters. <laughs> okay, so today is what? Tuesday. Imposter syndrome and <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> Yeah, imposter syndrome Tuesday. So why, okay, why imposter so syndrome? This came from I will I will let me I have to move my phone. You know, guys, sorry, we're like multiple devices here. So okay, so Reva in my community, Reva asked this question. She's like, I'm dealing with looking at my choices, and my question about it is what would it take to not make me wrong for what I choose? I'm looking at self-doubt. And my question about it is, what would it take to be at peace? And as you and I were looking at just the energy and, you know, kind of the themes popping up everywhere, you's like, well, why don't we talk about imposter syndrome? And I'm like, what? What is so this word you speak what of? What is this word you speak of? <laughs> yeah, well, imposter syndrome, it was coming up along with my folks who I was running a beta program with some entrepreneurs. And so the idea of imposter syndrome being that, well, the definition was something around high achievers overly doubting themselves. So someone almost doubting their abilities in a way that doesn't match where they're actually able. And so I get where this is This is different than me saying, mm, I have imposter syndrome with basketball, let's say. It's like, well, I actually don't have the skills. Like, well, I, don't, I don't practice. I've not, I've never, I really never I played. I am an imposter yeah. with basketball. So I'm definitely that's an imposter with you know, basketball <laughs> player, right? So that's different than that. This is more about you have the skills. You have something to offer. Um, but people go into so much doubt about it that it stops them. And they do a lot of, like, uh, spiraling, looping about it. Yeah. What was I reading? I was reading a book by Brendan Burchard this last week Mm. called High Performance Habits, which I actually think you would love. I was going to tell you about it. Um, It's a it's a quick and dirty read in the sense of like if you've been in the game and you, you know, like you're in it and choosing and stuff. There's a lot of things that he says that kind of articulate what you already naturally know. Um, But for people that are like um, kind of dancing around starting something, he says, some things that I'm going to butcher, but I'll, I'll try that I think are really important to get. And, and one of the primary energies that he really presents in the book is like, look, if you're going to start something new or you're going to be high performing anywhere, which really like we can break that apart and kind of go, well, this is very individual, high performing yeah. from your point of view, you're going to get dirty. It's going to be messy and you're going to be uncomfortable. That's essentially like you just got to get ready to pull your big girl panties up and like, you know, get to work. So 
I I loved that because it 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 you know paralleled a lot of the things that I talk about too. The reason I bring that up with imposter syndrome is that what I see a lot of people doing, or and what I have done also is mm, exactly that: dance around a choice, feeling like a fraud, feeling like I can't, feeling like feeling like feeling like feeling like you know. And then the moment I choose it, choose to go forward, choose the program, choose the, to create something, all of those feelings become irrelevant. They just mm. fade away. Mm. And the choice then and the activity associated with that choice and the actions you're just naturally taking usurp the feeling. And so to me, that's always been my go-to when I'm walking around, like feeling like a fraud, you know, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. So do you, what, how, (laughs) what I was getting from that was just like the Nike, just do it. Like, just just do it. it. You know what I mean? It was kind of like, it doesn't matter in the sense of like all the feelings that were coming up ahead of time really just stopped you or like they paralyze you. And that's where I kind of get that. No, something else. This is the thing that drives me crazy though. People go, well, these feelings are stopping me. No, there (laughs) is nobody that can stop you except for you. It's true. Nobody can stop you except for you. And so I appreciate articulation of things more than anybody. And I love that we're putting names to things and calling things things. But if you stop there and you go, well, I have imposter syndrome. Is this true? And that'd be my first question. (laughs) Or is it that you're unwilling to choose, which may be more true? And is it something you have to get drugs for or get over? Or is it something you have to be willing to just go, fuck it, I'm a gift, and choose in a different direction? And I guess my question to you is, like, what have you, have you ever dealt with this? Is this something that? No, like, never, of course, <laughs> never, ever. <laughs> You're perfect. My, no, my, my, literally, that's exactly my feedback in my pre-doctoral internship. I remember they're just like, you doubt yourself basically so much. And, and so they're really just trying to get that I, um, based on where I was at and my abilities, like it just kind of own it, step into it, choose it. Like, and, and it was just different at the time. I was like, okay, I guess, but I'm trying to be like humble, be too cocky. Or it was something mm. about not wanting to embody a more confident energy. And I mean, certainly this year and like, as you know, being kind of my first year in business and my business evolving and things like that. And now working with entrepreneurs, it's kind of like, you know, I can definitely go into that. Well, like, you know, I've been on social media for a couple of years, but I've done business for a year. I'm like, yeah, I know some things, but I don't know all the things. And so like, what really can I teach? And it's kind of like just mm, putting words to the energy of wanting to translate that to folks. Like, what am I teaching? What What is okay for me to teach, right? And I think this also comes from the system in the sense of like, well, you have to get, do this many degrees, get this many hours in mm-hmm. order to be certified to teach something. And I'm like, well, and what else is possible with that? I I think I say this in almost every episode, but to me, there's it's both, right? Like, I yeah. think we're, we're so used to like going, well, it's either this or this. Well, either mm-hmm. you use your natural abilities and you just like you have them, like run with them or you go educate yourself. So we tend to even do black and white with those two things. To me, it's like this combination of both things. Yeah. First of all, like without choosing stuff, you can't get awareness of stuff. So like you in particular have a natural ability with business. So do I, when I realized that I wanted to 
like five years ago, six years ago, when I realized I wanted to start working with other entrepreneurs to, to encourage them and support them and empower them to be great too. Um, I didn't know how I wanted to do that, just that I could. I knew that I could, and I knew that I wanted to. I kind of had those two things, and I knew I had some innate capacities from like, you know, building things for other people and myself. So I had bits and pieces of information, which I think is where we all start. Like even when you've gone and gotten your degree, like you did, when you start, okay, actually this is a question. Like, so you went and got degrees, like a law degree. You have a PhD? Yes, ID, but it's like, it's similar. Sweet Lord Jesus. So (laughs) my question for you is like, when you, okay, so you got your degree, when you went out and into the job world, were you comfortable? No. Okay. No, that's That's the thing. It's like, I got my master's and I was like, there is no way I can like do the thing and be a therapist. And well, I got have to get more information, more information. Then I got my PsyD and I was like, this is it really? And so now I've done certification after certification after certification. And I was really getting that. I was like, well, I, at this point, geez, Louise, I'm like seeking outside of myself to confirm what I already could offer. Yeah. So, so you're telling me that you've never been comfortable at any point, not as a, you know, like you became a new facilitator. So now are you comfortable? No, <laughs> no, okay. I'm wildly uncomfortable okay. more and more every day. I mean, cause yeah, it's like, I just continue to reach. Uncomfortable. You know? I basically yeah. tell people, I'm like, look, when you're in the process of creating yourself, which is basically all the time, you're going to be uncomfortable like that. Yeah. Let that be your new comfort zone is the uncomfort of creation. Uh, mm. Yeah. Yeah, I forget. <laughs> well, I guess my point was like, you even got all these, I mean, yeah, psychology degrees. And then even to when it came time to like going out and getting a job or becoming a part of the world or whatever that means, you weren't comfortable. So, mm-hmm. you know, it isn't, as it turns out, a result of having enough education that brings the comfort. It's the willingness to be uncomfortable that brings the results. Yeah. <laughs> Something's popping for me right now and I'm mm. getting like, is it like the the control or the willing to be messy? Because I get the imposter syndrome almost shields shields one from just stepping out and being messy and getting it wrong versus like needing to control it and do it right and perfect. Yeah. And you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And that really plays into the coping conversation that I'm having in, in my business. You know, starting Thursday, I have a three-part coping call because we learn so much we learn to cope. We learn to cope with all kinds of things. And, and then, you know, so those of us that are naturally make ourselves wrong and need to get it right in order to not be wrong, those two things sort of go hand in hand, turn, you know, develop our coping mechanisms kind of from that place. So that's where the controls come in because it's like, well, I've learned that to not be wrong, I can only do this, this, and this, because this is my safety. I can definitely know I'm right in this zone outside of the zone. I don't know if I'm right. And so that requires a willingness to be wrong, which people, a lot of people never choose beyond and let themselves be stopped by. And I recognized that really, really early on. I mean, when I became a certified facilitator fairly quickly, eight months into finding access consciousness, and it was like, I had all the freedom and all the ability to create. And I sat on it for like a year and a half and I just worked for someone else. And there was brilliance in that you know, I built my social media presence and more people got to know me and I learned some stuff that I didn't know before, but it still came to the day when I had to choose something. I was either, and of course I created it to be super intense. Like I had no money left and I quit my job and like, of course, fun. <laughs> 
but okay, fine. I forced my own hand. It was like, choose or die. And I chose and I leapt and I created something and I made my first like $900 online. And I was like, holy fuck, maybe I can do this. And losing my point again. Where did I start with this? Gosh, well, I was following the well, the imposter part of like, like you created space for that time before actually choosing it. Like things had to get really uncomfortable before. Oh, yeah, and and we were, and I was saying like going outside the small zone where you know you can be right into Mm -hmm. the zone where you aren't certain you're right. In fact, you're pretty sure you're going to be wrong. But leaving your, like, what I did is I created myself, like, basically, you don't have a choice. You just yeah. have to risk and dare to be wrong because no money for yeah. all. Yeah. So, I mean, so, but it is, so it's like looking at if you are doing that, like, are you keeping your life small with the reason and justification that you've discovered? Because that's really, I mean, imposter syndrome is helpful in that it articulates a thing that we do. Um, and kind of unhelpful in that it's used as a diagnosis of like, well, you have this, well, do you, or do you have a really immense ability to, you know, be aware, for example, because what's heavy is never true. So are you aware of fear? Are you aware of energies that you're using as yours? And are you just simply stopping yourself from going beyond that right zone into the zone where you could be wrong? And, And if that's, the case like what would it take to be willing to be wrong was the question i started asking mm-hmm. myself and that's where that phrase that three-part phrase do it wrong do it badly do it anyway came from because right. i had to fucking encourage myself i'm yeah. <laughs> like why well, don't i have to do this like i don't which is true like i didn't necessarily have the education to do all the things that i was doing i had to teach myself on the fly and then I read somewhere, you know, the definition of an entrepreneur is somebody who like leaps off the cliff and builds the plane on the way down. And I'm like, <laughs> Crystal builds the plane on the way down Crawford. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I really got about you and like listening to your podcast and show for years because you were just like talking about things right where you were at. You yeah. know what I mean? You're just like, this is what I'm learning and this is what it's worked for me. This is what really hasn't worked for me. And, <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, it was just so um nice refreshing to have that transparency of just like you're just creating versus people who are trying to pose an image online right i mean certainly you know people share what they want to share and they can kind of manipulate what they want to be seen you know what i mean and they can manipulate it to be a certain way of like oh i got it all together and i'm always and i'm like that's not true not true. You didn't see that person yeah. having the breakdown the day before or things not always working out and whatnot. And, but it's like, I, cause I found more trust in the vulnerability with you than someone's presenting as like perfect has it all together all the time. You know what I mean? Which is like something for you. I mean, for all of you guys listening to take note of that, take note of who you admire and, and go, what, what, how can I be that? Like, first of all, where am I that, that I'm not acknowledging? And I love that so much. What would it take for me to duplicate that in the world? That's one of the ways that you can use your admiration of somebody to create rather than um, compare, I guess. Um, But yeah, I mean, and and (laughs) I guess the other, this imposter thing, I mean, mm, the other thing that I see 
now that I've been doing this like 10 years is we also have no clue how, how different we are and that our difference is actually a gift and that there is nobody else like us. So we feel like an, an imposter in a world where we can't see anybody else that is what we are. Mm, I love that because like lately I've been, even with some of my content, I'm like, well, no one else is really saying it this way. Right. And then I'm like, way. wait, so am I wrong? Like I should, cause I have to right. make sure I confirm it with all my other reference points. Right. When in truth, there's nobody else like you. Yeah. So you can't go so you do go looking for somebody else like you and then you don't see it. And then that's exactly what happens. You go into the self-doubt. I'm like, oh, I don't I'm wrong. Yeah. And instead of getting, oh my God, I'm really different. Okay, cool. Like, how can I expand on this? But that's just not where we naturally go. Uh So like, that's the other thing that's getting stronger for me of like, nope, just different. I'm just different. Nobody else is going to say this the way that I am. But that's after 10 years of really like choosing and choosing and choosing and choosing and choosing and facing all the time, constantly in every different way, you know, feeling wrong, feeling bad. I can't tell you how many times after my Crystal Crawford show that I have gotten off and sobbed because I like I didn't say anything. It was the worst show ever. And then, you know, of course, all the feedback comes in of like, oh, my God, that was like life changing. And so it just never it kind of never ends the places where you discover that you secretly think you're shit and you're, you know, your difference in the way things come out of you is terrible. Yeah. And I think this is worth saying because like, it's like, if you know, you're always going to kind of be facing that, then, then you'll either spend your life not creating or you'll create, you'll be the person that didn't or the person that did. And which one do you want to be? <laughs> God. Yeah. It's so easy to go into that easy in the sense of like, we're all just kind of replay in my head over and over again. Maybe something I said to the group or whatever. I'm like, Oh, but like, is that what I meant? Or should I have not said it that way? And did, was that really the best way to facilitate? It's just like, oh my gosh. But you know, in the moment there was a sense of flow and it was coming out, came out for a reason. And so what does it take to just really lean into that? But I'm, what I'm getting is just a choice every freaking day to just show up again, show up it, again, show yeah, up again. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And it's probably 20 times a day or 30 yeah, times right. a day, yeah, depending exactly. on what you're doing, honestly. Wanted like, it to be one time a day. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. And, and I mean, you know, we, you and I chatted about this earlier where you have these times where you're just like, everything's shit, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all changing and it's like intense. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So that, on those days, it's 50 times a day or just go to bed. Yeah. I mean, that's okay mm-hmm. too. Um, but Julia said here, she said the opposite also, I'm all, or I'm thinking that I'm not doing anything more special or different than mm-hmm. others. So why would they watch me? So there's the flip side of that too. And I, it doesn't, yeah. I mean, in both instances going, okay, well, what if I'm not special? Fuck it. I'm a gift. Like, I mean, both, both instances require that moment where you're going to have a come to Jesus conversation with yourself yeah. and go, well, I'm either going to use this to stop and not, or I'm going to choose it. Like, I cannot tell you how many times I have to do that with myself. Even now. You first said that, like, it was like a couple years ago on like a Christmas, I think on Facebook, you're like, fuck it, I'm the gift. I was just like, <laughs> I got the, oh my, my gosh, like, I just, like, yeah, like that, that yeah. energy. And it really is that, because you have to kind of, at some point, you've either got to like stay wrapped up in all the thinking that goes with like, well, what if, well, what if, well, what if, what if, yeah. you know, the spirals that sends you in. Or you've got to like cut through it and go, okay, Jesus, age Christ in a basket. Am I going to sit here and like overthink this all day or something else? Yeah. 
And so, so, you know, so I like my nervous system. It's just like the paralyzation is deafening. So I want to actually go back to that because we were talking, we were talking about the feelings thing and we're saying, okay, well, like the feelings don't stop you, you stop you. And so at some point I, I get where there's some need knowledge information around folks to be able to regulate their nervous system enough so that it doesn't become like almost too, like, you know, you've had panic attacks before. Yes. In the past. No, no, never. Okay. So there's this point in the panic. Right. Yeah, no, I know. That's what I was wondering. Okay. So there's a point within the panic attack where it's kind of like, there is no return. The body's really taken over and it's kind of like you could kind of ride the wave of the sensations, but if you can catch it sooner, you can re-regulate your body with more ease, so to speak. So this is where I'm wondering, like mm-hmm. you know I'm saying the physiological. Am, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I am dealing with something, a particular trigger that keeps recurring um, around a particular topic. And that, that is occurring. It's like that thing will occur. And then, I have a particular thought that I can't quite, I haven't identified what that thought is yet, but once I have it, I'm, I'm in the slide. I'm like, I'm yeah. weird for at least three to four hours. I have a good cry. I need to like, I literally yesterday sat with my, and that was what my episode, my Crystal Crawford show is actually going to mm. be about that today. Like a coping, um, I forget what I called it, but it was, it's basically a coping exercise where you sit with yourself and you pull apart this galump that's, that, that has created this, slide down into a place where you're just non-functional. So I still do have those occur, not around panic, but this, I, so, so I guess what I would say about that is like, I think we all do coping different, right? Mm -hmm. So some of us take us out of being, some of us take ourselves out of being presence with panic. Some of us take ourselves out of being present with anger or resentment or, you know, stonewalling like there's a lot of different ways that this occurs but i think it speaks to what you're talking about and yeah yeah i mean i had to sit with myself i have probably four hours that i was with me and just like journaling and looking at it and pulling it apart and really for me using access consciousness tools like pocket potting things and allowing my body to calm down but it wasn't just allowing my body to calm down it was looking at the points of view creating the slide because I was holding on to this deep pit I was in based on the points of view that I had around it. So I had to really look at the points of view. And once I got to the point of view that was like the pin, it let go and my body relaxed. So I think you can kind of go after it two different ways. You can go after it like from an energetic point of view place. Mm -hmm. You can go after it from a physical, but what both of those tactics do is they interrupt, they yeah. interrupt the thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, from that, I was kind of like, oh, what you were doing there in my sense was almost relaxing or easing into the process, leaning in rather than continuing to force something else like must get out yeah. of this or must keep working because I've decided I'm going to get X done today versus okay, what is this? Can I lean into this, explore, extrapolate, take the space and time for that? Because that's not always what I do. Like, I'm just like, go, 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 go in generator mode versus like really listening to that energy and allowing that to be the contribution that does actually propel you to the next place. Well, I guess the the, the thing for me or the priority I have in my world isn't just getting the things done. The priority that is also right at the top of my list is getting access to more of me. And and what these situations 
what life, what you, what you want to have as your life, who you have in your life, all the situations you have in your life, everything you've been through is actually the possibility of becoming more of you. Yeah. It isn't just the death of you. And I think I had to really, mm. I don't know what changed that for me, but I started to get like, okay, yeah, I have a really, I had a really hard time with my mom, for example. She comes up a lot in my examples. Um, she's, you know, so many, so much about that. But that was either going to be the thing that destroyed me or it was going to be the dynamic and the relationship and the thing that I used to get access to more ease, to get access mm. to more glory to get access to more of my ability to choose and and go around all the coping that I did with it before. So to me, that's just as valuable as accomplishing or pushing myself forward into the tasks or the things that I've decided I need to do. Because if I can get access to more of me via this fucking trigger, yeah, then bring on the fucking trigger because like I am going to use the shit out of that motherfucker to get greater. And that's my point of view about everything. And I think that's why imposter syndrome doesn't even really register for me. Cause I'm at, mm-hmm. at some point I turn around and face the thing and go, bring it, you know? Okay. I don't know how to do this. I will avoid it. Like I didn't know how to file my back taxes and I had all kinds of questions and there was so much learning curve involved in global taxation, et cetera. And I avoided it for four years. But when I turned around to face it, I was like, bring it on. What do I need to read? You know? So maybe that's, I mean, that's how I do it. And I'm pretty aggressive, uh, but that might be worth looking at for some of you. And that's to go, you know, am I going to keep letting this thing, this topic, mm-hmm. this choice, this relationship get the better of me? Or am I going to face it and go, what is required here? And, you know, get greater. Yeah. I mean, not being that effective it. Um, something earlier you're saying regarding kind of like wanting the trigger to get more access to you versus the doing. And I was like, oh, it's because like the doing's a distraction sometimes, you know. Sometimes, sometimes, and sometimes not. I mean, yeah. so it's like you can't always lump it into yeah. like if you're doing, you're distracted. No, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of, when you're being you, there's a lot of doing you naturally do because you're you like to work. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, but it, it might be worth looking at just what it might be worth looking at what your priorities are. I don't know if that's the way to look at it, but yeah. um, mm, gosh, if you were being kind to you, maybe that's a thing to look at. If you were being kind to you and giving you space, like what could you choose? A question. <laughs> a question though, <laughs> really? Because that's, that's what's going to create more. <laughs> yeah. Cause it just creates something different. You know, yeah. immediately the space changes. So what would you say then is kind of the takeaway or actionable step for folks if they feel like they're dealing with imposter syndrome stuff? Well, personally, I would like sit down with that, like go take it on a date. I might need to like create a thing around this because this is kind of my response to a lot of different things lately. It's like, go take your point of view on a date and go, okay, Mm. I'm an imposter. Now what? (laughs) I mean, is it true? 
You're like seducing it. Like <laughs> your point of look view. at it and go, well, is it true? First of all, if it is true, would I be willing to be it? Like, so mm-hmm. this is where you take your point of view on a date and you just kind of like look at it this way and then look at it this way. And then like, well, you're just a point of view. I mean, I can date you and marry you or I can yeah. kick you to the curb or I can just go wonder if you're even real. And that's personally what I would do. So go take your point of view on a date, like go to a coffee shop, bring a journal and go, well, is it true? Is it real? I'm, I'm doing a lot of pain around this. I'm doing a lot of stopping. I guess like if, if we separated those two things and looked at them as different universes of, okay, I'm stopping. Okay, good. This is what I'm using to justify stopping. How's that working? Is it working? Is this the life that I want to live? Because I'm creating this. Yeah. I am choosing this. This is what I'm choosing to create from this. Is it is that working for me? Or, you know, is there something else I can choose that would actually work better for me? Because once you shine a light on something, that's when you start to get if it's got any power. Mm -hmm. Shine the light on it, man. Put it in the spotlight. See if it's true. Is it even yours? Did you buy it from somebody? Did your mom do imposter syndrome and you got that that was the way to be? Like, put some light on it and see if it survives. And then really look at what do you want to choose? Yeah. I mean, you could create from this for the rest of your life. Is that going to work for you? Let's see what comes up. I'm just, yeah. (laughs) I was like, that was such an elegant way to put it. I was going to be like, well, Cry and then choose it anyway. <laughs> like just I like your plan to cry and just choose it anyway because that's in show up and like if you know your throat cracks, you get hives or whatever, all that anxiety stuff that shows up and just choose it anyway and be willing to have it be messy and imperfect and show that others can choose that too. Yeah. Um, because it's like, you know, on here we just show the like highlight moments and it's just, it's not all that. Um, so everyone's showing up the mess they are, the mess they be. Be the glorious hot mess you truly be. Fuck yeah. it. You're a gift. You don't even have to believe that. Just say it a lot. Fuck it. I'm a <laughs> gift. At some point. Capital G. <laughs> cool. Well, I have a three-part call coming up next mm. this Thursday on coping. And if you're watching this in the future, it's called Ending the Stress. And you can very likely find it in my shop if you'd like to be live. And you've never done an access consciousness class before, come join us. Uh, you can find it on my website at crystaljoycrawford.com. And you, what is happening? My membership is ongoing. It turned into be an open door thing. So people yeah. are welcome to come in super low cool. cost to get, you know, content and a couple live calls a month. And, you know, the same kind of idea of exploring psychology, energetics, and consciousness a little bit different, but yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, if you guys got anything out of this, please share it. Help us spread the word. We are starting to feel like we know what we're doing. Yeah. It's not true. Some point. (laughs) Episode (laughs) 1000. We'll get it. (laughs) All right, you guys. We adore you so much. Share this if you loved it, and we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a request. If you found benefit from today's episode, we'd be so grateful if you would subscribe. Leave us a review or share it with someone you know would benefit. Until next time.